um, after my third trip to Iraq, my third deployment was 2008. And uh, I had a bit of an incident at work. I was stationed in Germany at the time and I got command directed to go to mental health. And so I went to a, uh, went to a fairly large military treatment facility and I met with a, an active duty uniform colonel, army type who a uh, male colonel, slick sleeve, which in the army just means that they haven't deployed. They don't have a combat patch, or at least he wasn't wearing one. Um, and I was, I was not okay. Let me just put it like that. I was suicidal. I was thinking of suicide every day. I had blown up, um, blown up a lot of my, my very good, my, and I don't know how my, how my, how my husband stayed with me. He is just awesome. Um, blown up, you know, trying to blow up my marriage, my relationships, my family. I was drinking constantly. I had a very serious alcohol problem and I knew that there was something wrong with me, but legit, I didn't know what it was. I was afraid that maybe I was a psychopath because I was feeling really numb. A lot of the time I couldn't sleep. I was hallucinating. I was having these dissociative episodes, which is a 50 cent word that just means disconnection. Um, you know, I felt like I was on the outside of myself watching myself and I thought maybe I was going crazy, maybe legit. I was going batshit. And so I was really glad to get command directed to go to mental health. And when I met with this Colonel, I sat down with him and I poured my heart out. I poured my heart out to him and I told him everything. And at the end of the session, he sat down and looked me in the eye and he said, gosh, Virginia, I can tell you're really suffering, but there's nothing that I can do to help you if you don't choose to be honest with me. And I was a little, I was, I was more than confused by that. So he went ahead and, and clarified. He said, you know, we all know that women don't serve in combat. So just totally disregarded everything that, you, so you pour your heart and soul and in your mind, like, hey, this could be my chance to get help. Like this could be it. And, one shot. This, yeah. and this person whose job is mental health could have got you killed with that, with that sentence. I mean, really? Well, you know, I'll, I'll level with you. Um, I wasn't doing well before that. And I definitely didn't do well after that. I felt belittled, dismissed. Um, you know, I felt like I was really kicked in the face. I was kicked while I was down. And what made it worse and what made the, it was just this sense of betrayal. And I, because it came from another service member. I think if it had been a civilian doctor, I would have been mad anyway, I know myself. But, um, it, but it was just a kick in the teeth. And I really seriously at that point considered giving up. I was like, you know what? This is, this is my life sentence. I can't put my family through this. Um, it's just better to, to schwack myself, better to take myself out of the equation. It's better for everybody. And that was the thought that was going on in my head. And it was at that moment that I realized I kind of had my come to Jesus moment. And I realized that if I don't figure this out, like legit figure this out, this is going to kill me. I'm either going to kill myself or my mental illness is going to kill me. I enrolled in graduate school because I didn't know what else to do. And I was like, well, we'll figure it out. And that was 13 years ago. So, you know, fast forward 13 years and here I am talking with you and I've had the privilege of walking this journey with you know, over a thousand service members and veterans. And what I have discovered, Josh, is that unfortunately my 
experience wasn't really an exception. Um, you know, and that's especially true for women, persons of color, and people who identify as queer. You know, the idea that somehow uh, I, I don't have PTSD because, because, mm-hmm. and, and even though, I mean, I'm a combat veteran, I'm, I'm very proud of that. Um, you know, but one thing that I hear constantly, uh, and this is from, you know, from my clients is, you know, they, they are belittled not just by their mental health providers who believe that PTSD is really only reserved for people who've experienced combat. And then within, within the military community, we get even more granular, don't we? We will say, well, you know, maybe you were in a combat zone, but did you really leave the wire? You know, did you, know, did you, you know, were you a bell ringer? You know, were you a door knocker? Were you a trigger puller? Um, you know, and kind of really propagating this idea that somehow you have to be worthy of having PTSD, that PTSD only happens to people who deserve it. Right. Like you have to, like, it's something you earn. And, you know, when it's actually something that just happens to you, it's that person's experience. It's out of their control. It's not their choice. Oh yeah. But we treat it like it's, it's something that has to be earned. Right. You know, it's very, yes, it, it is. You know, when it comes to PTSD writ large, like for example, when I'm when I'm working with uh, folks, let's say like folks who have experienced um, interpersonal violence, you know, uh, inter, you know, intimate partner violence, IPV or domestic violence, you know, one thing that I don't hear as we're sitting around a circle and talking, maybe in group therapies, I don't hear, hey, you think you got it bad? My husband sent me to the hospital twice. Or, oh yeah, well, I had to get stitches three times and CPS came. You know, people don't talk like that because it's fucked up. Mm-hmm. It, that is, it's, it's dismissing, it's belittling. That one upsmanship is not helpful. But I'm gonna say this with a lot of love, but this is gonna be a feeling hurter. So buckle in, bucko. Okay. So one upsmanship is something I hear a lot within the military milieu, within my military clients. So, you know, oh yeah, you, you just went to Iraq. Well, I went to Iraq and Afghanistan. You got blown up once. Well, I got blown up three times. And I want to be clear. I don't think that anybody is being, being mean or trying to pull other people down. I get that. You know, we, we one-up each other for a lot of reasons. But I want to talk for a minute about the very serious and unintended second and third order effects that come with that one-upsmanship. It makes people feel belittled. It makes them feel dismissed. And moreover, it keeps us from getting the treatment we deserve to no shit reclaim our lives. So if any of your listeners are engaging in that one-upsmanship, stop it. Just stop it. And and we need to correct each other. There's no sense in saying, well, my trauma is more traumatic than your (laughs) trauma. Can we just agree that all trauma sucks? Definitely. And this reminds me of our, our pre-discussion on our phone call the other day um, about how I basically did that to a friend of mine, right? Mm-hmm. I thought I knew what PTSD was because of things I've seen on television. I know what it is now. I've done research now. I'm a, I'm a different person now, but back then I was much less educated on the topic. And this person, uh, a friend of mine, great friend of mine, he got deployed 
And when he got back, he said he had PTSD and he was going through all these problems and he was going to get out. At this point, I'd already moved away and we were talking mostly via phone. Um, but I remember asking him, like, you know, your, your maintenance, like what, like what happened? And what he told me happened was that he was uh, age on the flight line. So he's dropping off the equipment to the aircraft and the sirens would go off uh, from time to time, alerting everyone to get off of the flight line. And every so often he would get that message ahead of time with the radio that he had because of the job that he had. Mm -hmm. He just coincidentally had this information a little bit sooner and he was trying to basically get them off the flight line himself before this alarm went off because he already had the information and they told him you can't do that. And, And it was that situation that pushed him over the edge. It was that that he felt that was an unethical thing for them to tell them that he cannot do. And that's what led to his PTSD. Um, and I remember hearing that and why I feel terrible about it is because I, I didn't say this to him, but I basically didn't believe him. I thought, what? no one's shooting you? Like, okay, a siren went off. You can't tell. Like, I, I didn't get that that was such a betrayal on his ethics and that his life really was in danger. And he felt helpless to help these people. And that that really is traumatic. But because I, I didn't know what PTSD was, I thought it was like being a Navy SEAL or something to that effect. Uh, I, I totally disregarded it. And I'll tell you the moment I knew he was telling the truth was I actually got to meet up with him a few times in person. And I wasn't sure if he was putting on a show or not. I wasn't sure if he was acting differently on purpose or if it was out of his control, I I couldn't tell, but he was definitely odd and he was definitely different. Something obviously happened to him, you know, and it still didn't hit me then what it hit me when, you know, how Facebook brings up memories of like pictures, past videos and pictures. And what I loved about this guy, he was, he was younger than me, but what I loved about him was just like how optimistic he was. Like, like he just seemed like this, this kid right out of high school with his whole life ahead of him. He mm-hmm. was, uh, he had a great sense of humor. He, he seemed like life had not tainted his mindset yet. And that's what I loved about him. Right. And when I saw this video of his old self, of how happy he was and how natural and comfortable he was to the person that I saw in the present who was super uncomfortable and obviously traumatized, like seeing, like seeing that old video legit brought me to tears watching that video because I, I knew that this kid got screwed up and I didn't believe him. And I, and I saw the, the before and after and it just, it broke my heart. It really did. I'm really sorry. That was your experience. That sounds really hard. Definitely. He, he is doing good though for anyone listening uh, he he's doing much better. Uh, he has a family. He trains service dogs, and and he is he's doing the best he can. And now you know better, and you do better. You know, and you Absolutely. even have this amazing platform to to help other people to know better and to do better. You know, it's yeah, this is hard. This is hard. Not believing survivors is unfortunately nothing new. I mean, shoot, we were just, you know, I think if the Me Too movement uh, taught me anything, 